Hello and welcome to the Students of the Game podcast. My name is Craig Farkerson and this is episode one of this podcast. This is a podcast all about sport, what's happened in the last week and what's happening at the weekend. I'm joined today by Thomas McCaffrey. Hello. I'm joined also today by Kane Lindsay. Hi, Craig. Hi. So this week, what has been one of the biggest stories in the world? I want to talk about AFCON, the African Nation uh, African uh, Nations League. I think the tournament at the start was really, really bad. Because looking at the stats here, in the first 12 games, there was 12 goals. Only 12 goals. But in the last week, when we've hit the knockout phases, all of a sudden, every every team has decided that this is it and we're going to go, go for it. We're going to shoot from 40 yards and it's going to go in. What have your guys' thoughts been on the tournament so far? What's yours, Kane? You want to go first? Yeah. Um, like you said, it was a, a slow start to the tournament. Um, some of the big guns you would expect. Algeria obviously didn't make it past the groups. Um they're the holders of the tournament. They won the last one. Um, I think one of the great things about this tournament so far has been that um, it's it's kind of like an underdog story, I think, um, in the sense that, like I said, the big dogs, you know, Senegal, Manny has uh, popped up with a couple of goals. He actually scored the other day and you know, shortly went to hospital. Um, that shows commitment, which is something I think is brilliant. And all these countries seem to be very committed to the cause Um but uh, in regards to Mo Salah, he's not really shown up much. He scored the winning penalty. Um, but, I mean, from 12 yards out, nobody in front of you playing for Liverpool, I think you should probably be scoring that anyway. Um, Mares, like I said, Algeria got knocked out. It has kind of been one for the underdogs, and it's it's been great to see, you know, the, uh, the players we've maybe not heard of, you know, not the household names, um, kind of popping up and surprising us. And it is turning into a great tournament, like you said. What about you, Tom? What have you thought of the tournament so far? Yeah, I've uh, I've really enjoyed it. I think it, as you said, it had a slow start, but it's nice seeing players play that you wouldn't normally see play at the highest level. Um, yeah, teams like uh, Mali coming through and unfortunately getting knocked out in the uh, round of sixteen, but seeing the bigger players not show up quite yet, and seeing sort of the players from like that play in their in their home nations, them coming through and being able to watch that, I've thoroughly enjoyed. I think the goalkeepers have been fantastic so far, uh, and have kept the well, apart from a couple of uh, mistakes in the earlier games, but I think they've kept the games really close. It's very low scoring, but it's very enjoyable. Is that I've always liked the African Nations League. Uh, I always find it different from like European football because you always get that one team that always like captures your heart. So like look at the teams just now uh, that are qualified for the what do you call it for the weekend for the quarterfinals. You've got Gambia versus Cameroon. Like nobody expects Gambia to do much there, but like with Nigeria getting knocked out. In the last, uh, like recently, you never know. You've got Senegal versus Equatorial Guinea, uh, and then you've got a bit more of an even game with Burkina Faso versus Tunisia and Egypt versus Morocco. But there is, 
but I say there hasn't been a standout team so far. I think I think Cameroon and Senegal have been good. Egypt uh, lost to Nigeria, so you're kind of looking at them thinking, is Salah going to get them uh, all the way to the final? But uh, uh, Morocco have been good so far. Player of the tournament for me has been Hakimi. Uh, he's just they keep on putting him on free kicks. He keeps on <laughs> putting them in the top corner. <laughs> Uh, but the team that had captured my heart through this tournament were Comoros. And the, I want to talk about them and the uh, match the, the other night against Cameroon, where they had the left-back in goal, and he played the entire 90 minutes. He conceded two goals, but he actually, as a left-back, he, uh, he actually did really well. He was probably at fault for the second goal because he didn't. he tried to block it with his feet, and had his hands behind his back, thinking he was a defender, which I thought yeah, was he hilarious. Didn't, he didn't but, want to give away a handball. It was. Yeah, he didn't want to uh, give away a handball. It's, it's obviously it been like singing in his mind. But he made a great double save, and uh, Comoros had an absolute worldy of a free kick as well from about again forty yards out. They just they just seem to be popping them in from there like it's nobody's business. Like for me, Comoros were the team that I was honestly hoping that would go on and get to a semi-final. It was just a shame because obviously they were up against the hosts, and we all know what happened then because they've obviously got a booba car up front and stuff like that. So that's exactly it. I think you, you nailed it there when you said that the hosts, and that's you have to feel that if it was any other nation or the, the tournament was being played in any other nation, that everybody in that crowd would have been. You know, behind Comoros, and they would have been right behind that goalkeeper. And obviously, being the host, though, I think even even with Scotland struggles, we'd have to admit that if I don't know Moldova or something came here to a home tournament and playing at Hamden against us, and they had a left back in the goal, I'd like to think we'd cheer them on. But I know what the hosts are always like. You're always getting behind your home nation, so it's just the shame it was in Cameroon and that game got played because I think they deserve all the all the the plaudits they're going to get. Comoros, it's that was. Quite incredible what that that left back had done, and that's we're just calling him the left back. That's the beauty of it. We, we don't know who this guy is. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name. Terrible, but I can't remember. It's the beauty of this tournament. is It's kind of like the underdog story, and it's it's just brilliant to see. Yeah, I see. Because we all think that the big players should start turning up. This is the quarterfinals now, and if they don't start turning up, then these unknown names that we keep on hearing about will keep on dominating this tournament. And that I think that's just good for football in general because. You, they, they, this is their this is their opportunity to get the spotlight and maybe get a big move to the Premier League or like even like manage to play for a mighty team like Dundee, you know, or Breek and Say because doesn't Breek and Say have a have have a forward of that? We have a very who, very obscure player. Yes, we've got Julian Wade, uh, nicknamed Juju, and there's a couple of flags that you can see at Glee Park when we play. Um, he is the Dominica, not Dominican Republic. I think we thought it was that to start with. So it's even more obscure than that. Dominica record goal scorer. Um, he's been living in Aberdeen, and I, I mean, I don't even know how this happened, but he happens to find himself playing for Brecon, and um, he, he looks like he's loving every minute of it. To be fair, but yeah, it's, it's <laughs> just a very, very odd story. I, I, you couldn't imagine um, when we got relegated to the Highland League. I remember everybody said, you're going to find it hard to recruit players because you're in the Highland League and nobody's going to want to travel north. We're the most southern club in the Highland League and obviously we're above the River Tay, so everywhere else is in the Highlands. You're going to have a hard time recruiting people. 
and we've gone out and got some guy from the Caribbean. I think that's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I'm going to look it up. Uh, I'm sure it's Dominica. Yeah, it's Dominica. That's the thing. Is it, really okay. I, 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 I knew he was from, I thought he was from an obscure African country, but it's obviously Caribbean. My mistake. Um, right, do you want to move on to uh, one of our next topics? Do you want to talk about the Thomas? Do you want to talk about what you're, what you've got for us this week? Yeah. So uh, this week is the second weekend. The Women's Premier League uh, Wheelchair Basketball League is taking place. Uh, it's the first professional British wheelchair basketball league uh, that has ever been. Uh, it's a sport that's professional in Spain, in Germany, in Italy, but it's the first time that it's been professional over here. Uh, every game is televised on the BBC, so it's got it's creating pretty big waves. Uh, yeah, so the first weekend was played last week between a team from Loughborough and they were playing against Worcester. Uh, Loughborough won 58-41 um, and they had some of Scotland's GB players playing for them as well, which was pretty amazing. So they had uh, Jude Hamer, who she's on the pathway to playing for Scotland at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, they had Robin Love, um, who is also on the GB team, and she's from Scotland. And her fiance Laurie Williams, who is also on the GB team, uh, was also playing. So it was it was a really exciting game, um, and this weekend will be the second game of it. There's only four teams in the league, um, but the like having a women's league isn't a new thing in wheelchair basketball. Uh, it's a it's a mixed gender sport, so you can have uh, women and men playing on the same team uh, in domestic leagues. But the women said, you know it's like with their classification they would have a point taken off when they're playing in the domestic league because they assume that women won't be as strong or won't be able to play as physically which is ludicrous um and so they gave them their own league which is pretty amazing and so this weekend will be east london phoenix against the cardiff met archers uh east london phoenix have a player called amy conroy who has played at three different Paralympics. And her younger sister, uh, Alice Conroy, is also on the team. We've got a Scottish athlete in Nick Terrell um, and a American uh, athlete who's travelled over just for the competition called Karen Brown, also playing. Um, and she's on the pathway to the USA team, which is pretty awesome. Um Cardiff is made up of like GB Academy players as well. So they've got a lot of players that I've played against in, in my career as a wheelchair basketball player. Um, and so it's just a really exciting league and it's televised as well. So they're getting thousands of people watching every game and it's just awesome for the sport. It puts it right out there. Yeah. I've never... I say I've never watched wheelchair uh, basketball like unless it was on like the Paralympics or stuff like that. But mm. from what I've seen of it, it's really really physical. 
it's definitely one of those sports that I don't think I would be like very good at because I'm not a very physical person when it comes to that sort of stuff because they absolutely ram into each other. Like I know basketball is meant to be a non-contact sport, but it's almost like rugby when they're on the court. It's honestly amazing. Uh, I didn't know much about this. I, I, I'm, I say I'm absolutely novice. So who would you say is like the best player in this league then? Uh, so I'd have to put Amy Conroy up there. She's GB's top point scorer in the last two Paralympics, I think. Um, she's just an outstanding player. Uh, and I've played against her on a couple of occasions. My little sister grew up watching her and just thinks she's brilliant. And so at the end of one of the games, she went over and asked her for a picture. And she's like, you know, why not? Um, and it's she's such a nice person and she's such a brilliant coach to them. Uh, she's going to captain the, the team. Uh, the game's on tonight, actually. Um, and she's captaining them. And yeah, honestly, I can't I can't see anyone stopping her in this league. And when you said it's a new sort of league, um, how how long have the leagues been going elsewhere? You'd mentioned Spain and Germany, and have they been going on for quite a while compared to this British league? Or uh, yeah, so the league has been going on since the sort of early sixties. Um, there's a guy at my club who has been playing for the last forty years, uh, and so it's 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 not a new sport, but it never really got the coverage that it deserved until London 2012. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge boom for basketball in, well, mainly in the UK. Uh, and they've been trying to make it professional over here for ages, but they just haven't been able to get the funding. And so a lot of GB's players who should be playing here have had to go abroad to make a living through it. Yeah. Um, so then bringing in this league now, and making it a professional league will hopefully encourage the idea of the um, like the main Premier League being made professional as well. And hopefully we can bring back some of the GB players who are currently playing in Germany. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. It brings a, a spotlight on the sport as well if there's a league. And you say there's only four teams, isn't there? Right. Yeah. Would you prefer would you prefer to have more teams? Because like who are the four teams? So, yeah, so there's only four teams at the moment and it'd obviously be great if there were if there were more, but a lot of a lot of teams that are playing have like are in the main leagues anyway. And so they just don't have the funding to play professionally as part of the Women's League as well. So the only four teams are Loughborough Lightning, Worcester Wolves, Cardiff Met Archers and sorry, I can't remember the last name. Um, and East London Phoenix yeah yeah. Uh, so they're the only four teams in it this season uh, as I said it only got started last weekend um, but yeah I think the plan is for them to bring in more leagues uh, and more teams so like a league below it so that it sort of has a bit more of a competition to it um, but yeah yeah, it's really, it should be really exciting for the sport. And is there like a, a continental tournament, you know, like a Champions League sort of thing for this? So you can, you can, I guess that would be a great way of you know, tracking the process of the, the British teams against the, well, you mentioned a few Team GB players playing in Germany and Spain and such. Yeah, so there is a, there is a sort of Champions League. Um, 
unfortunately, none of the GB team, well, none of the teams in the UK are able to compete in it because they're not classed as professional. So it's sort of between Greece, Italy, uh, Spain and Germany, teams from there. Um, and so they play in a sort of Champions League based thing, but it's it's never really got the coverage over here because it well doesn't feature any British teams and it's played abroad. Yeah. So they've never really shown it here. But hopefully that will change in the near future with with the professional league coming to the UK. Um so yeah, hopefully that will create some more oh some more fans over here. Yeah. Because it's a brilliant sport, you know. So no, like I say, I'm definitely going to have to watch it. What's it uh, how can I watch it? What's it on? So it's shown on the BT Sport uh, app and it will also be on the BBC Red Button. Uh, they are played every Friday and Saturday. Um, but you can find out the exact pictures by going onto the GBWBA website and then going on to the Women's Premier League. And it should give you all the fixtures. The second game is on tonight at 6.45. Um, but yeah, it's very easy to access. And it comes up on the homepage of the BBC Sport, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it does sound like really good. I'm definitely going to see if I can either record it or get a watch. Because I love to find new sports all the time. Right. I think we should move on to our, probably what I'm going to call our American sports correspondent, Kane. So Kane, what's been happening in the world of America this week? A lot of pressure. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week we're getting closer and closer to uh, the end. As my girlfriend would say, finally getting closer to the end of the NFL season. Um, but it means we're getting closer to the Super Bowl, so it's getting exciting. Uh, the playoffs are on just now. And uh, last weekend we had the divisional rounds and some of the giants of the sport actually found themselves packing up and going home. Well, in fact, they they were the home team and lost. Um, Aaron Rodgers, who's last season's league MVP, um, I suppose some people would say the MVP elect for this, this season, he lost at home. Um, Tom Brady kind of don't need to say any words about him. He lost at home. Um, I suppose there Tennessee have Derek Henry, um, who was also in the MVP hunt. They're running back. Um, he's just an absolute beast. He lost at home. And the final, I forgot there, <laughs> Kansas City, they won an absolute thriller against Buffalo. Um, two guys who are likely going to compete head-to-head for maybe longer over over the next decade, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Uh, Mahomes, the Kansas City quarterback, and Allen, the, uh, the Bills quarterback. Just a, an incredible game in which uh, the Bills were winning with 13 seconds left on the clock and somehow lost. And that in itself, just that little statistic there, that little figure tells you all you need to know about Patrick Mahomes. The guy's just absolute money. But no, um, so this week, the matchups for the conference championships, the LA Rams have got the San Francisco 49ers at home and uh, Kansas City will be playing at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Kansas have been to four conference championships in the last four seasons, um, the four seasons that Patrick Mahomes has started for them, which shows, again, just how um, absolutely incredible that, that guy's playing at quarterback. Um, 
but I think the biggest thing from the weekend past was probably, I think I'm going to have to go there, Craig. I think I'd have to say it was your Packers losing. It, it certainly oh, was me. something. Uh, dagger right <laughs> through the heart there. Yeah, it was, I mean, they were the number one seed. So in the wild card round, they had a bye. Um, number one seed, obviously, you play all your games at home until you reach the Super Bowl. Like I said, league MVP elect Aaron Rodgers, who uh, I think he's 37, 38 year old. He's playing out his skin just now. He's seriously hit some incredible form of late, and it's just been fantastic to watch. I'm sure even you would admit, as a Packers fan, this this regular season, you probably couldn't see any way you weren't going to reach the Super Bowl. Um, no, no, but, like the Packers' offense this year has been absolutely amazing. It has, and and the de- the defense stepped up as well. Um, my dad's also a Packers fan. He's also called Craig. He's a Packers fan, so he knows the pain. Um, he uh, always... <laughs> he knows the pain of what, being a Packers fan or being called Craig? <laughs> a, Scot- a Scottish man called Craig and a Packers fan. Exactly. Not, uh, not popular just now, is it? But, um, no, he was impressed with their, their defense this season. Their, especially their um, defending against the run this year had been a lot better. Uh, but they, they couldn't... Um, they just couldn't get it on offense was the main problem this week, which was a surprise for them. Like you said, with, with Rogers, the Bantley Adams was uh, fully fit. You had Aaron Jones um, also playing really good at running back for them. They just, there was absolutely no, no way around it. I, I got up the next day. It was quite a late game. I, I watched the highlights the, the following day. Um, finished watching it, went through. And I, did, I just said to my dad, what happened? And she shrugged. <laughs> shrugged the shoulders and said, <laughs> I don't know how we didn't win. They just couldn't do anything. Um, the, one of the problems all season has been their special teams, and there was a blocked punt towards the end, which um, which just totally made the difference. It, it, it got San Francisco right back into it, um, and in the weather conditions as well, it was just snowing all over, totally covered, blanketed uh, Lambeau Field, and you wouldn't think that would accommodate San Francisco. Obviously, being used to the bay and the sun and just exact opposite to Wisconsin weather but for some reason it didn't make much of a difference and the, the Packers are no longer in and they're not even sure if they're going to get their their um, legendary number 12 Aaron Rodgers back for next season. I think he is the kind of guy that might you know, spit the dummy and look elsewhere. Yeah, no, I, I watched the game and for me, like the Packers didn't play well. They really didn't. It came down to basically two pieces of play for me. Uh, for why the Packers lost that punt that you've mentioned, and they had a they had a field goal attempt uh, just before the half, and the San Francisco 49ers they blocked it, and I was just sitting there and I was just like, well we've played we've played okay in the first half, and San Francisco can catch a ball because the ball was it was that cold that the first half of that game, I just remember uh, the 49ers basically trying to catch catch a ball. And yeah. it just slipped out of their hand, hit off. It was just, it was not connecting for them. And you were looking at it and you were like, like, uh, eventually Aaron Rodgers is going to get like a, a couple of decent drives here and get a touchdown. But it just never happened. And that was pretty much it for them. The other game that I saw was the Bengals. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's a huge Bengals fan. And he is, he, he had... He was suffering with COVID, and I've never, I've like, I was missing the chat, and he was so, so over the moon because that's the first time in what, thirty-one years that they've, 
No. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they said it was. Yeah, it was over thirty years uh, since their their last um, playoff win. Um, they did reach the Super Bowl once, I believe, against the 49ers and lost that. They've they've not got a title to the name, but um, they they're something special for the future. Uh, Joe Burrow is a quarterback. I used to watch him when he played uh, in college for um, LSU, and he he is something special. I think we've got this new generation coming through um, in the AFC conference. There used to be, like I said, um, Tom Brady, who for some reason is still going. Uh, Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, who retired yesterday. There's three giants of that conference. And uh, Brady's first conference title in 2003. Since then, 18 years, there has been 15 conference titles, won by either Roethlisberger, Manning or Brady. And it just shows how good those three were. We've now got the new guard coming through. Patrick Mahomes is here. He's won the last. Um, he's won the last two. Got Josh Allen, who's taken the Bills to a place they've not been since the mid nineties, uh, and you've got Joe Burrow, who's taken a place the Bengals haven't been. Like you said, I'm, I'm sure your friend will admit for what probably feels like a uh, hundred years or something. But um, <laughs> it's it's really exciting that there are these these new guys coming through. Um, yeah, the, the Bengals are something to watch. They've got a, a great running back, Joe Mixon. Uh, he's over a thousand yards on the year. And they're one of only five teams with two thousand yards, a uh, thousand receiving yards, wide receivers in their team. Um, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, and they're really special. Uh, they, I think they might have the work cut out for them this week in Kansas because, uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but you never know. I think a lot of people are cheering on them. The underdog story. Everybody likes an underdog story. I remember watching them, and it was like uh, Joe Burrow kept on getting sacked. Time after time after time. It was something like eight, nine sackings in that match, wasn't it? Alone? Yeah, nine sackings. Like, it, it, it was like more sackings than Watford to get in a season. It was unreal. <laughs> so it, it was just, you know, just just watching the whole game in general. Like, I was just thinking, how are the Bengals doing this? I, and yeah. continuously, you, know, you kept on getting sacked and then made the drive. Uh, it made the made the ten yards or the fifth or the twelve fifteen yards because like it, it was that like Joe Burrow can take a hat. Uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see how long he can do that through his career because yeah. eventually you have to start pro- prolonging it and stop That's taking. What they all say, what does NFL stand for? Not for long. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> it's, the, it's definitely yeah. He's, he does. Um, he is. He is fantastic. And if you get sacked nine times, I mean, you're expecting to, to probably lose a game. But uh, there was a, there was a great clip of him in college um it must have been his uh sophomore no i think it was his junior year he's playing at lsu and he took this this horrible hit in a bowl game from a, a central florida uh, linebacker and the central florida linebacker looked down on him and i don't nobody knows what he said but he shouted something in burrow's face the next season well, joe got up that day won that bowl game that was the last game of the season the next day he got up and um, that the following season, his last year, his senior year at LSU, he won every game. He won the Heisman Trophy for the, the best player in college football. He won the national championship, and he's just not stopped since. Uh, he's obviously got Cincy where they are now. And yeah, he's he's definitely a fighter. Um, I think though the best game of the weekend, I would have to go with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, they were down twenty-seven to three at one point, and he somehow engineered this this comeback to twenty-seven all. Just Unfortunate that um, 
Cooper Cup, who has led the, the league in receiving this year. He actually finished the year as the second highest in all time uh, receiving yards in NFL history. And uh, he, he made a fantastic catch towards the end. I think it was in about the 30-yard line. And it was an easy easy field goal time expiring to, uh, to knock out the Bucks. And now we've actually got this horrible news coming through that Brady might not be coming back either. So, you know, it could be, be a very different league next season. Brady likely to retire, not to move on. I think his moving on days are done. And, you know, he moved to Tampa, so he's in Florida. That's where people retire anyway, so... You never know. I think I think we might have seen the last of the goat, but if it is, I mean, it's been one hell of a ride. So yeah, because I mean, when he went to the Bucks, I was surprised that he won the the Super Bowl with them last year. Because like I say, yeah. the periods the periods were like, right, okay, we'll we'll move on from this. It's been good. Thank you for your service and stuff like that. But he led them to like a Super Bowl, and it was just like like this. I think every time I've watched the Super Bowl, like I think. Brady's been in it almost like yeah. uh, there's like obviously a couple of missed but every time I, I just I just associate the Super Bowl now with like Brady in some way because yeah. uh, I mean how many rings how many Super Bowl rings has he got? Yeah, last year was his seventh, so he got six at the Patriots. So the Patriots had none, and then he became a starter. They now have six Super Bowl wins. He's taken them there each time. Um, and then yeah, like you said, they they kind of had enough. I uh, thought they would move on and. Brady kind of showed them what they were missing. So he got a seventh ring last year uh, with a buck. And that's crazy. I mean, he's 45 and I think it's May or something. Um, I can't remember. There's a Tom Brady day. But my <laughs> girlfriend will probably tell you. She absolutely loves him more than I do for totally different reasons. But um, yeah, no, a seventh <laughs> ring. Guys, I mean, you know, 44-year-old, you'd think it probably is about time to stop. But uh, hopefully it was just a, a heat of the moment thing. He can come back and give us another one. But you will be running out of fingers soon, so. <laughs> right. Um, what do you? What are your predictions for getting through to the Super Bowl? What two teams are going to do it? Um, when I was looking at the betting, uh, I wanted to see who would have been the favourite because at the start of the season I did have a, a little flutter on Green Bay. So thanks for that. Um, You're welcome. The, <laughs> the favourite, uh, as, as to be expected, I suppose they've made the last two Super Bowls is Kansas City. Um, Six to five favorite, and then the second favorite is the Rams, Los Angeles Rams, who are hosting San Francisco this week in the Conference Championship, and then they will be hosting the Super Bowl. It was decided that it was going to get played um, at SoFi Stadium, their brand new, um, it's just breathtaking stadium. Uh, they're going to be hosting the the Conference Championship, and then if, if they get to the Super Bowl, they could be um, the second team, only the second team ever to win the Super Bowl at home. The first time that happened was last year with Brady. Uh, so it didn't happen for 55 years of the NFL. Now we might have it twice in a row. But uh, yeah, pretty much when I looked at the bet and I thought, oh, you might get a wee, a wee price here on Kansas against LA, but that's the favourites. And I think that's what it's going to be. Kansas, and mm. Kansas are unstoppable on offence. Um, it would be a fantastic Super Bowl as well. LA Rams have gone. They even said we're all in uh, on their defence. They've got Aaron Donald. He's just, he doesn't look human. He's seriously like he's been engineered somewhere. Um, Von <laughs> Miller, who was the Super Bowl 50 MVP, he came over from the Broncos to the Rams. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, he, he was fantastic at uh, Jacksonville, but, you know, you, you want to get out of Jacksonville as soon as you can. He came to the Rams as well, and just a fantastic team they've got. It would be an, an amazing Super Bowl, Kansas against LA, and I think that's what it's going to be. 
Well, here's hoping for a good weekend in the in the AFC uh, Championship game and the NFC Championship game. And speaking of American sport, this week is the weekend of the Royal Rumble. I am a huge, huge wrestling fan. This is this this is the time of year for me. This is like my girlfriend is probably sick. As soon as it hits January after Christmas, all I hear before Christmas from her is, oh, it's Christmas, Christmas. I'm not a big Christmas person. But as soon as it hits January, it's my Christmas, and I'm talking about the Rumble all the time. Now. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know what the Rumble is, it is there are uh, a wrestler enters every 30 seconds, and they've just got to throw somebody off of the top rope. Um, and basically, there's a men's Rumble and a women's Rumble. And then I thought there's the card with it. So this, so this last year they didn't have any fans, so they had to do it in front of TV screens, which really takes away from the experience a bit. Um, so like with a live crowd, you've always got that excitement of like they'll do the countdown from like ten, nine, eight, and then like a big star will come out. Like there's there's always rumours that. Like a big, uh, a big star like Conor McGregor will come out, or The Rock, like some huge thing, and then the stadium just goes absolutely mental. And at this point in the night, I'll be like, it'll be four o'clock in the morning, and I'll be drunk in my mind and just going, <laughs> "Oh my god, oh my god!" And then like, if it's going to be somebody like really weird, like, because Grant Holt is on like the betting lists, so even like reading like the betting list, if you go further down, so obviously your favourite for the men's this year, I believe, is. Uh, Big E and Kevin Owens, which for some people who don't watch wrestling will have no clue who I'm talking about. Um, but the favourite for the women's just now is Bianca Belair because she's a new star. And apparently the returning Ronda Rousey, who most people should know who Ronda Rousey is, the okay. former UFC fighter. Yeah. So talking about like... Like this for me is like very very exciting. So um, even like running through the cards, you've got former UFC fighter Brock Lesnar versus uh, undefeated Beltor uh, fighter uh, Bobby Lashley. So they'll be fighting for the championship. And then you've got a more wrestling match of Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. And if you know that, they used to be partners in the Shield. Uh, the other matches are, I believe. Edge and his wife uh, Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice uh, and then you've got a women's title match of uh, Becky Lynch and a Scottish wrestler called uh, well WWE call her Dewdrop but I'm not going to call her Dewdrop she's she's Piper Niven because <laughs> Dewdrop's a dumb name so for me this weekend is, is, a, is a big weekend for this very 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 excited um, have you guys watched wrestling in the past or that? Uh no, I've never watched it. Um, yeah, I pl- I think I played the video game when I was younger. Um, just around my mate's house, but that is that's as much knowledge as I've got of it. Um, would barely know who any of them are. To be fair, uh, I know like John Cena and The Rock. So yeah, well, that's fair enough. That's it. The Stone Cold. Yeah, 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 John Cena and The Rock are film stars. Because my prediction for it is that John Cena maybe comes out dressed as his character from DC, Peacemaker, and goes like full on like superhero with it. Yeah, 
And to be fair, we might not see him at all because it is John Cena and you just can't see him. <laughs> right. I, I know, I know. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's it. This is what this it. podcast is now. <laughs> you drop down to. Is, um, is it something like you have to qualify for as well, or is it just? No, no. So, no, but again, like wrestling's scripted, but like obviously, the action's real. So it's uh, basically like sometimes they have qualifying matches as part of a story. Other times they don't. But it's the unpredictability of it because yeah. every year you don't know who's going to win. You don't know uh, who's going to show up, and it's basically that like. They always bring back legends, and then they like this year in the men's rumble, they're going to have Johnny Knoxville in there oh, wow. from Jackass. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, just to see him either get stupidly f- flung through a table or that will just be really, really enjoyable. Or, like, let's see, celebrities have done it before. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is busy. Yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers isn't busy. Yeah, he's not busy this weekend, so. Yeah, I, I do think Local. there is a, a vac- I, but to be fair, I do think there is a vaccine mandate at WWE, so I don't oh. think you'll be able to go. <laughs> yeah, he's in the bad know, that, was a, that was a low blow, I know. <laughs> well, hopefully, I mean, I want my stay, but, you know, <laughs> you see what you get. Uh, is there anything you two would like to add on anything else? Or we're ready to wrap this up here? Uh, I thought we, we, we could have touched on the transfer window, but so you get to pick up, I oh, think. Oh, you told me the transfer window. I totally forgot it's January. Yeah, it's, been, it's kind of gone past on not really... I don't think any of the, the really big sides have made any signings, so it's it's kind of gone past and not... Well, it's not gone past yet. Yeah, yeah. We've still got a little bit of time, but it's not really, um, really picked up at all. Um, the only two teams that have made moves are Aston Villa and Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle were always going to make a move with you know the, the money and the, the threat of relegation. They're really real threat. Um, not they're not really helping themselves uh, by spending that kind of money on Chris Wood. I don't think he is what he is. He's a big striker. He's a unit, and he, he is a bit of a finisher. You know, he knows where the goal is. But uh, I suppose for their ambitions of staying up, Chris Wood's the right player. But for their ambitions of, I think they had like a ten-year plan of trying to get into the Champions League, trying to win the Premier League. And uh, I can guarantee if they're in the Champions League, Chris Wood is not lining up against the Van Dijk and Ramos and you know, whoever else, Hummels, and he won't be there by then. But, uh, yeah, Newcastle had to do something. And Villa, uh, I think Gerard is just, he's hes going to take them places and pains me to say because he left uh, a club close to my heart before. Uh, not the same club as you, Tom. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But, uh, no, he left Rangers, and it, it was pretty heartbreaking, but he's, re- he's really taken Villa places. So, yeah, the two sides you would expect to spend money. Uh, but yeah, none, they- none of the big sides... I know, they've made a lot of good signs. What was it? So, Villa have brought in Coutinho. Cullen Chambers, I believe, they've brought in today. Uh, mm. Luca Dina as well. So, like, he's bringing in established players that have played in the Premier League and can yeah, do a and job. Yeah, Champions League. Yeah, and even the Champions League. So, like, we'll be interested to see, like, how can he get them in the top six? That's going to be hard. But we'll, I guess we'll yeah. have to wait and see. Newcastle, who have they signed? So, they've got Chris Wood. Um, Trippier. Trippier, and then there was a, the, the boy from Leon the same today. Uh, is it yeah, Bruno? Bruno Guimarães or something? Um, yeah. Supposedly he's, yeah, going, uh, he's, he's meant to be good. Uh, one of those leagues that it's 
PSG, well, they didn't last season, but PSG normally run away with it, so Ken's tends to get a little coverage, I suppose. Um, but yeah, supposedly he's a good player, that, that Gimenez, and, and I think uh, I think at this stage, not to, to hurt the man's feelings, but I think I would take anybody over John Joe Shelby. So. <laughs> well, the thing is, I thought like of all the things that Newcastle needed, they were needing defenders, which on the same trip here was pretty obvious. Uh, but like centre backs, because their centre backs are mince. Who's it? Kieran Clark and Lascelles. Lascelles used to be good five years ago, and Kieran Clark might have been good in high school, but he's not been good ever since. <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, so they've been trying to sing that boy from Sevilla. Is it Campos or? Uh, Diego name? Carlos. Carlos was one of them. Carlos, it's Carlos, yeah. Diego, Diego Carlos. Carlos, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he he's, he doesn't sound like a centre-back. He sounds like a Brazilian like striker midfielder. Yeah. But <laughs> it's not one of those names. Because the only other deal that they're talking about just now is the Luis Diaz deal from Porto. He's been linked with uh, yeah, Spurs and Liverpool, and I believe his like club of choice is Liverpool, basically. So, like, I mean, sound right, Tom? Yeah, um, and just to add to that, like, I have been, I've been quite disappointed with Newcastle in the transfer window. Uh, I think their only good bit of business was bringing Eddie Howe at manager. Um, they had loads of expectations going into January. Uh, unrealistic, like Mbappe and Haaland, and realistic, like Martial. But they just they haven't done what they needed to do. I mean, they've taken... Uh, what's his name? Their striker from Burnley. Like, yeah, Chris Woods. Uh, yeah, why would you go to another relegation team to try and get someone to come in and shake their squad? Like, it just doesn't work. Aston Villa have been outstanding. Um, Coutinho is a brilliant signing. Digne, like he was on form at Everton, and God knows what Rafa Benitez did to him. Um, but yeah, I, I I think Newcastle are going down this season, and I can't see them staying up. The Liverpool fan throwing shade at Rafa. I know. Oh, <laughs> he, he forgets. <laughs> no, I know. You, I mean, the only thing I could think the positive from signing Chris Woods is that. He, you hit the nail on the head, Tom, that it's another relegation rival. And I suppose uh, Newcastle are sort of climbing the mountain and they can see Burnley below them. And I think they've just kind of given them a wee nudge down a little bit. I think that's the best way of describing it is that Newcastle are slowly, slowly building. Um, but they're trying to also make sure that they kind of kind of push Burnley down a little bit as well. So I suppose it, it, it would would help uh, in a way because um, you, you're then making one of your relegation rivals worse but you can't just I mean they're not going to then go and oh, why don't we just sign Pookie so Norwich are knackered and why don't we then go and sign I don't know whoever else it is whoever Brighton have I don't know Potter is about the only person I can think of and he's the manager but um, yeah it's there's a there must be a bit of a a tactic in that but yeah I mean 25 million on like a Chris Wood it's it's crazy. Yeah. When when Haaland went to uh, Dortmund, I mean, I know he was a bit younger and they weren't so sure he had played well for Salzburg, but I'm sure he signed for uh, it was 22 million. Just thinking about that, an extra 5 million and, and you could get Chris Wood. <laughs> wow, <laughs> um, no, they're not being very smart with it. It's, I think it's the 
a perfect example of panic buying, to be honest. Uh, and yeah, there's still another, uh, what is there? Another three days to go, so who knows? Um, I think we're going to see some moves in the next three days because Newcastle have put in apparently a £7 million bid for Dan Byrne from Brighton. I like Dan Byrne. Uh, Brighton played Dan Byrne at, what was it, left or right back last year? He was a, he's a six foot three gangly person. He's a centre back and <laughs> all over him. But he is. <laughs> he is. Uh, but even at like left and left or even like left right back and a Brighton team, which is a very forward thinking team, he did he did a job. Uh, I was mm-hmm. really impressed by him. And I was when I saw the price tag of him was they offered seven million. I was like, that's a bit low. I know he's a twenty nine year old centre back like defender, but like if they can get him and Carlos in, then that might shore up their defence for the rest of the year. Who, do you want to talk about Scottish transfers now? there's a couple um, interesting ones. There has been. Yeah, there's been some. I mean, yesterday with Rangers signing the young lads from Man United, uh, Ahmad Diallo, mm-hmm. who, when he moved to United from Atalanta, there was quite a bit of buzz about him. Uh, he scored on his Europa League debut uh, against AC Milan. They drew one each. And um, it also said that he'd, he'd set up a goal for Mason Greenwood against the Real Sociedad. He's shown he's got that bit of quality. And players like this, they're at these clubs for a reason. He's been at Atlanta for a reason. He's been at Man United for a reason. Somebody sees something in him. Uh, he's come to Rangers, and I saw yesterday he's been given the number nine shirt, which it's a little bit of a signal of intent by Gio that he's likely to play up the middle. Um, and I think he should be should be in the team straight away, I think they said, uh, for Saturday's trip to Ross County. And then uh, the big one next week, we'll see how he deals with the atmosphere of an old firm. But uh, it's it's a good enough signing. I noticed that also yesterday they they sold a uh, Bakuna, who I think he is the that whole Bakuna saga at Rangers is just like the Grandpa Simpson gif. You know, he got his he got his hat and that was him. He's out there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, other than that, uh, yeah, the the suitor signing as well. Um, they didn't want to fork up Rangers and pay for him uh, straight away, but they've. They've agreed to sign him in the summer, and he could be a great addition. He's terrific with the ball at his feet. He can spread a pass, and uh, yeah, his defensive qualities aren't quite polished for competing in the Europa League, I think, like Rangers are, but certainly a great addition to the to the team, and he will help with the the um, the goals of retaining the league. Because on the other side of the old firm, Celtic have signed basically the entirety of the J League. <laughs> So yeah. just looking at that, um, yeah, look at from what I've seen in them, I can't remember their names. I think Hasty was one of them. Uh, like I'm, I'm definitely butchering some names here, uh, but Hasty. from what I've seen them, they look very, very, very good. Like they, they look like uh, the centre midfielder, a striker, and I can't remember what other uh, position, that, and all from the J League. So. This old firm game that's coming up, obviously, next week, and it's not the biggest derby of the week because we know that's the Dundee derby, um, uh, will be very, very interesting to see who comes out on top because all these like new sign-ins and both of these managers, like I would say Gerard can come across as quite a defensive manager sometimes. He's very good at like shoring everything up and then uh, uh, that. Ange Postacoglu does not do that. <laughs> And I don't think uh, Gio will either. So, am I thinking this will be a three-all type of game? Probably, but 
at the old firm, it's always like a, a dodgy one now, a couple of contentious decisions, and, yeah. and that's it. It's, it's the most, sometimes it can be the most overhyped game ever, I think. Um, I one of the key things is Rangers will have to score the penalty that they will no doubt be given. I think that's key. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing, yeah. the theme of this season, penalty to Rangers. Um, oh, we'll see what happens. Like, and, and on the smaller side of the teams, um, Tony Watt, uh, top goal scorer in the Premier League, going to Dundee United. That's a good bit of business. Dundee signing Niall McGinn um, from Aberdeen, even though he's 34 and has been given an 18-month contract. I think that's a good bit of business. Um, Nadia Chifchi, um going to St. Johnston. That's a good bit of business. I hadn't even seen that. Have you not? No, he well, he's uh, he played. He he joined from the Turkish second division, and he's been doing. He hasn't he hasn't scored yet, but he's been a nuisance, and he went off injured against Dundee in the nil nil draw the other week. Yeah. So that like teams are teams near the bottom are starting to like do business because Dundee have also agreed to sign Zach Rudden from Parik Thistle, okay. and he's a big six foot three striker. He looks good. So, as a Dundee fan, I'm hoping that we get him before the end of the January transfer window. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll see, because the one thing Dundee don't need is strikers and forwards. We need pretty much like Newcastle defenders. <laughs> or, or a miracle, one or the other. That's... Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take either. I'll take either. I mean, you also wave goodbye to Jason Cummins. Yeah. I, yeah what, there was a story about him was, apparently he went on a podcast and he turned up as I think he was dressed as the Joker. And then he came at uh, he came at a train the next day and he was stinkingly hungover. And McPig basically sent him home. And then ever since then he was like, I'm not playing you, I'm not playing you. And he never really got a game after that. They've been playing Griffiths in front of him and Griffiths has been stinking as well. Like yeah. no of booze. Um like just <laughs> performance wise. <laughs> yeah. I mean you wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. Yeah, I know you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be surprised because we seem to be signing like it seems like Dundee like to sign forwards with questionable characters. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll 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 leave that at that. <laughs> right, uh, you happy to wrap up now, gentlemen? Yeah, coming yeah, along. Sure. Yeah, um, I've been Craig. This has been uh, Students of the Game podcast. Um, we'd like to say goodbye from Thomas. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye from Kane. Goodbye, Craig. And goodbye from myself. This has been a pleasure. Ciao.